Hello, 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 and welcome to this episode of Wolves Fancast. It's the Wolves Fancast Alternative Hall of Fame. Hope you're keeping safe and well during these uncertain times. And as always, it's time for the bit you like to hear, I like to hear. It's the favourite moment of this episode. It's this. Before we get into it, you can listen to all our other alternative Hall of Fame inductees in our back catalogue. We've got Neda Milias, we've got George Edekobu, we've got John D. Wolfe, George and Dar, we've got Bjorn Sagadarsson. Yes, Bjorn Sagadarsson, of course he was going to go in there. And many more. Just go in our back catalogue, wherever you get your podcasts from, ACAS, iTunes, Spotify or wherever else, and you can find them there to listen to as well. And if you listen to this episode and you enjoy what we do previously... You must at least enjoy some of it if you're listening to this. Uh, And you've got iTunes. Why not give us a five-star review and a comment? We're going to mention it all the time. um, So why not just get it out of the way so you can relieve your guilt that you haven't done it before. Even if you put a five stars and just put, look, I've done it now. Happy now? On the comment, let's see how many of those we get, get, can get on and confuse people when they look at the reviews. Look, I've done it now, happy now. Five stars, and if you're a Wolves fan, of course, you must be if you listen to this or just fancy listening to something completely different. It helps put Wolves podcast up the iTunes chart, so why not help out some fellow Wolves fans? Anyway, that's enough of me ranting on. It's time for the eighth inductee into the Wolves fancast, Alternative Hall of Fame, and we're going to be speaking about this man. Three minutes to add on at the end of the 90. Lifted in towards Cameron! Equaliser! 90 minutes, 15 seconds! Colin Cameron for Wolves! He was a Scottish maestro who could score a claymore kick of a goal and nick a cross with a header as powerful as a Glasgow kiss. Colin Cameron became an instant cult hero at Molyneux thanks to his commitment, determination and popping up with a goal or two when needed most. It's Colin Cameron, of course, on the Alternative Hall of Fame episodes. Joining me on the Skype line tonight, Rye's here. Evening, Rye. Hello. And Good Stu's evening. here as well. Finally, at last. Finally, at last. He's One of these. On the video, he's flanked with not only a Colin Cameron shirt from... What season is that from? The first one. His first season when he signed. So, 2001? The, the Forbidden Season. The forbidden Season. So, he's got that to his left, and to his right, he's got all three copies of Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> that, that's... And the elder flower in the line pale ale as well. <laughs> that is Stu summed up perfectly <laughs> with three objects. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, we're going to talk about Colin Cameron, of course. Uh, he joined Wolves in August 2001 for £1.75 million and he was at the club for five years. Uh, just to kick things off, uh, what were your kind of overall memories, overriding memories of... Colin Cameron at Wolves, what, what, how would you describe him as a player to those who perhaps never saw him play? Uh, Stu, I'll come to you first. I I absolutely loved him. Um, before he even signed for us, he was one of them, you go back in the, it was the early days of, well, late 90s, early 2000s, when becoming an age and the drinking was available. Um, 16-ish. Um, so, his to, to get the pink, because everyone did, and you, you're looking down the... Um, all the results in Scotland as well. And you saw that name, Cameron, pop up quite a lot. Like It was like every two or three weeks, Cameron for Hearts. I thought, oh, must be some kind of one in three striker. And you, I've actually looked at his stats, and 
he didn't score that many as much as I thought he did for them. It just seems to be one of them things where he must have had the name to see. But for me, he was he was just great. He was just I was trying to think of him comparing to midfielders that we got now, but we don't even play that system anymore, so it's pretty hard. But he was someone who gave hundred percent, never let you down in any way. Um, but he had the talent to back it up as well. He was just an all-round great midfielder at the right age as well, and an all-round great guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Roy, how about you? What were your kind of overriding memories of, uh, of, of CC back in the day? CC. Um, yeah, similar to Stu, really. I think, um, you know, for me, I'm really glad that we're, that we're doing this on Cameron because um, I won't go as far as that he was overlooked during that era, but I think when people look back, there were bigger names, weren't they? Particularly in that centre midfield when you've got Inton and Ray, but you look at the stats and I think that's borne out that, you know, Cameron was very much favoured with, with Ince as, as sort of the, the two to, to go to in the middle of the park. And I think, you know, the reason for that is because of what he offered. And I think, you know, if I say he was an honest player, it kind of sounds a little bit patronising as if he wasn't technically yeah. very good, you yeah. know. But I, but I think he was honest in respect of, you know, the way he got around the pitch and how determined he, he was. And yeah, I think with, with, with Stu, I think he had a good record in Scotland. Obviously, he started, I think, was it Rafe? And they had a really good sort of spell in their history. And then the Hearts as well. And he won a couple of cups as well. And if you if you win things and you don't play for one of the old firm in Scotland, then, you you know, you're doing something right. And I think to Stu's point, he was sort of, um, I guess, in the limelight because of that. But no, I loved him. And, and you know, Stu mentioned goals and you may have the figures there. I had a look up as well. He got 23 goals as well for us in our spell. A lot of uh, vital goals, which I'm sure we'll go into. But yeah, my, my memories of the player was, you know, he was a, a, a committed player, um, you know, and um, yeah, a real hard working player in, in the street. So someone different to what we'd seen before. And we were just blessed at that time that we probably had some average centre midfielders and then all of a sudden we had you raise Incent and Cameron's and, and, and Cameron holding a, a regular start you know with that competition I think speaks volumes I like the idea of him being that honest that like perhaps he, like, he gives away a foul so no sorry ref yeah that was me I gave away the foul I'm that honest <laughs> you can book me I'll take I'll, I'll, I'll happily have it I'll happily have the booking yeah, it's, it's that I was thinking about it early in terms of how to describe him the kind of the honest kind of sounds as if it it's kind of like when you're in a junior football team and you get club man of the year, you know, someone's described as honest, it's kind of like... Like special you know, merit he, award. Yeah, he, he comes every week, he pays his subs, you know, and I, and I think that's a really disservice, but I think in an interview that I saw um, when I was reading up earlier, he kind of described himself as someone that just gave everything and that, there was that honesty about him, so yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Roy mentioned there in terms of stats, 188 appearances uh, in all competitions with his 23 goals. Now, according to Wikipedia, he apparently we never lost a game when he scored. I don't. I wanted to research that, but I also thought I really haven't got the time to go through every single game where he might have scored. But let's just tr- trust Wikipedia well, on that point. You should say that. It's actually true. Did you do the research, Stu? I just went on transfer market to all on there. <laughs> Incredible! Never lost Every... a game when he scored. In in all five seasons as well. Bring him back now. At least we no. know then. 
he's impressive, right? <laughs> you know, if if it's a stat where you know it's a defender who scored five or six times and he's been with us a couple of years, you kind of take it with a pinch of salt. But like you say, you know, over that period of time, and and really important goals as well, you know. Um, well, I was going to say, and, um, yeah. Man City at home for one, the, the the first one in the Premier League, the game where David Seaman realised he needed to retire. I mean, what a killer blow into in one game, losing, and then also thinking, yeah, it's not for me anymore, is it? <laughs> it was it was peak ponytail semen as well at that time, yeah. right? And... <laughs> yeah. so um, I remember when you said about the goal, and in that time, that was the first kind of time that I started going away quite a lot, because I was in sixth form, and we had this thing called the, uh, I think it was the NH. NUS bursary allowance or something when they gave you 30 quid a week to yep, stay in school. Yep. Good times, good times. And mine was just spent on away games. Pretty much solely on away <laughs> games. So I, I think I only missed about five or six that season when I was the first season when I was watching it back. And there's a few on the uh, net, defunct ITV sports channel. Not rest in peace. It killed lots of teams. Um, but the, his first goal against Rotherham, where we were behind the goal, and I. I went exceptionally mental that day because of how excited I was that we'd signed in. NUS fuel, uh, fuel, fueling stews away days. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, student loans. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> other, I never I mean, any back from there. Yeah, other, I mean, uh, there was Birmingham away. I remember seeing a clip online of that. Just to remind myself, we kind of curls in the bottom uh, right. There's a goal that we played at the start of the episode, which is a, a equaliser against Wigan, where he kind of just slots into the box. Uh, Roy, was there any kind of goals that stood out for you? The, the biggest one has got to be the Leicester four three, hasn't it? Mm. I think. Um, did he get the equaliser that day, guys? You'll have to help me out on this one. Um, although I just brought it to the table, I'm sure it was the Leicester the Leicester game, sort of the original four three when he kind of get back into it. Um, that was the big one for me. He got the second goal. Yeah. Second goal. Was it Kamaru? Yeah. Kamaru got both the goals to equalise and and to win it. Kamaru won it, Lee. Um, so one, it's, it's not. It's not like we've got the internet. So we'll quickly check. <laughs> I know, but um. what? What? Why we check that? While we check that, I just want. Usually, what yeah. we do is we I go through some what happened at the club, but I wanted to go a back a step because, like uh, Stu mentioned at heart, he was a bit of a legend there. Uh, he was club captain. He won the uh, the Scottish League Cup with them. Uh, just as he was leaving, uh, Craig Levine came in and tried to offer him a new deal with a testimonial and he wanted to build a team around him and he was only 27. So it just shows you how highly regarded he was seen. Uh, but in an interview, Colin Cameron said that he felt like he, he needed a new challenge um, and that's when he, he left for Wolves. He was at Hearts for five years as well, 157 appearances and scored 48 goals. So he goes looking back, looking at that and the impact he had at Hearts then came to Wolves. It reminded me, do you think that during that late 90s, Naughty's period, we seem to bring in these type of players, kind of big players of other clubs, and they either sank or swim with us. So, people like you know, Inton Irwin were kind of that kind of mold, so they'd done big elsewhere and they came to us and did well. But the perhaps other characters who didn't so well, like Steve Claridge, when we brought him in, had a good reputation, which just kind of sank. Do you think we, we were kind of that club around that time that kind of at the odd time brought in that type of player? I think they've said it on um, interviews in the last year or so of people in that in that squad where it was a squad of big characters and it was either going to go one way or the other. Mm. Um, but you are right. I mean, you look at... I think it was signing the right people more than anything else and that kind of worked with that squad with 
especially after the year, the year the time for goal. Um, to pick ourselves up after that and to go again eventually in the second half of that season um, you needed players like Cameron who were big characters in there and the funny thing was I, I completely forgot that he had hair as well same as Alex Rowe they had hair when they signed for us <laughs> and then what, and what, what father time did at Wolves to them that's what happens <laughs> you start to lose it all he's getting them at the right time as well and um, I just I just looked up that the, the game it's the game we know which is the detail Apologies on behalf of us all, and I brought it up, so I should have been more equipped. But he got two goals um, in that Leicester game, so it was a penalty as well that he got, and then Ray and and, and Kamara. Um, so yeah, in ter- in terms of when he came to the club, but similar to Shear, uh, really, I was quite excited. You know, he was he was a winner, and you know, as I say, he, he was he was within sides in Scotland that were competing well. Um, he he even had experience in, in Europe where they played against Bayern Munich. Um, obviously, started his, his uh, international career as well. So, a real sort of pedigree. We also got Barry, didn't we, as well from from Hearts as well, and we, we we got Lee Griffiths, you know, around us in the time in Scotland. So, I think we had sort of, yeah, we we were in that market, weren't we, in in, in Scotland and in an Ireland as well during that uh, time, and 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 what follows as well. And he's got to be one of the most successful players we, we've had from Scotland. And look at us now. We just get all the all the players from Portugal. It was just the British Isles, and now Portugal. <laughs> we don't get many Collins. He <laughs> might probably be the last Colin that I would say was probably going to represent us. I don't know. You might get Colin Pedro Hernandez for la la la. Something like that in the future. <laughs> oh, that's a lovely skill. Has left Southall trying to catch up with him. Kennedy's cross though not the best. Falls to Cameron. Oh, that's a tremendous goal. Rolls find the second. Some delightful skill out wide from Mark Kennedy, but an even better finish from Kelvin Cameron on the volley into the back of the net to give Wolves a 2 0 lead over Gillingham. Hey, it's David here. Now, I know you, you love a bloody good website, don't you? Look, come on, you do. You like a good website. If you're on your phone, you're on your computer thinking, I want to see a bloody good website, I'm going to go find one right now. If you want a bloody good website and you want one for yourself, for your business, why don't you go check out our sponsors, pixelyetimedia.com. They don't just do websites, of course. They do loads of different things for your marketing needs, such as design work and brochures. And they do our website as well, wallsfancast.com. It's a really good design. We're really pleased with the work over at the guys at pixelyetimedia.com. So, again, you're looking at some websites, you're thinking, oh, I really want a website that looks that good just for me and my business. Why don't you go check them out right now at pixelyetimedia.com. Right, let's talk about uh, post-era uh, for, for for Colin Cameron. Actually, when he left firstly, near the end of his time, it wasn't really in Hoddle's plans and it was loaded out to Millwall in 2006. But in the last few games, he was recalled back early due to injuries and he received a, a great reception in a two-all draw at home to Coventry where he scored. Um, Cameron has said in an interview that he was offered a new contract in that summer, but it was for less money. And so on that summer, he uh, left for a free to Coventry uh, for the next season. Do you think at the time for Hoddle, was it right that he put Cameron out of his plans? Do you think perhaps at that time Cameron perhaps 
had his time at the club and what Hoddle was trying to create was different to what Cameron provided or perhaps could he have still provided something under the, the one-time Hoddle era? Well, he was, when he came back, it was, it was absolutely excellent. He was head and shoulders above everyone else. And to be fair, Hoddle played Mark Kennedy in, in central midfield and signed Darren Anderton. So some of his judgment was a bit questionable anyway. And then he fucked off in the summer anyway. So, <laughs> but it, there was some there's, things that There's Hoddle the explicit did. rating. We've got it. Yeah. We've got it in. Go on. <laughs> it, it just, I mean, something, I mean, it, you'd have thought for what he, five years, just even just a one-year contract, not not just a token or a third of your current money. Give him a half or two thirds at least, and um, just say one-year deal, and then we'll see after that. But just to just to throw him throw him something like that was a bit disrespectful for me. And I spoke to my mate Gary, who's a Coventry fan, and he said when he went there, his heart never seemed in him. That he had one real one good game against Birmingham, and that was it. That he never really played that well for us. So, I mean, it was it was almost like leaving Wolves was just he left at the right time for for us maybe, but for him it was going to game over. Mm. Roy, what do you think? Yeah, I think you know we've we've had all these. Obviously, Trinine pose his own um, ways of ways of playing. It's just how you know Anderson caught on the wing, Kennedy in, in centre mid. But but I remember at that that time as well. I remember him going on loan. And I'm sure Cameron got a really good like um, reception not playing, which was really bizarre. When he was on loan, I remember you know them chanting for Cameron, and I think that really sort of struck forward with me. A player who was on loan, and you know he's still kind of you know really sort of revered. And as as you touched on there, you know that was that was borne out with the reception that he had. Part of it might have been because we were getting a bit frustrated with Hoddle, and Cameron probably was a little bit of a a figurehead for those who perhaps didn't want huddling at the time that we could kind of cling to. But, yeah, I think, you know, for, for the level that he was playing at, and as you say, the way in which he ended the, um, the, the season and the form that he was in, then, yeah, you would have liked to thought he would be more part of the plans, but um, it wasn't to be. But I think that shows, you know, um, the sort of appreciation the fans had for him that when he was sort of out on loan, he wasn't sort of far away from... Uh, fans at that time too yeah I remember that game it was it was somewhere far away like Bristol or Plymouth or somewhere like that and we were we were shocking and someone just started it up and it kind of erupted for the whole stand the whole mm. way and almost like the Freddy Freddy stuff that came a few years later yeah. um, it was more it, it was a case of a case of oh yeah we want him back and a case of well what do you think why are you playing on someone else other than him but yeah I think that kind of proved because I've never really met anyone else who likes Cameron as much as me, a bit like Mez and Paul Butler. Um, and it, it was like, okay, people do love him, and he is kind of revered here. And I, it was kind of like a, a sweet moment for me. And then when he came back, it was like, oh, stage has returned. Um, I don't. Well, I wanted to quickly touch back on a point that Roy made earlier. I'm really hoping that Jimenez and his girlfriend Danielle call this. I think they're having a son, aren't they? <laughs> I really hope they call, call, call the baby Colin now, Colin Jimenez. <laughs> <laughs> a tribute to the great Colin Cameron. Um, let's just talk on to post Wolves' career. Then he had a, a season at Coventry, as we say, but he was blighted with the Achilles in Dreams released at the end of the season. Then he joined MK Dons under Paul Ince in League Two 2007. He was a regular first team player and won the Football League trophy and the League Two title, but despite that, he was still released at the end of the season. 
He then went back to Scotland, had spells with Dundee, Cowdenbeth and Boat Rangers before retiring. Uh, Boat Rangers, the only English side uh, playing in English fo- in Scottish football. Which is a nice little stat there. Um, now, this is a bit I wanted to ask you, gents, because uh, this is Wikipedia again. And I don't think I saw this the first time I went on this Wikipedia page. So I don't know if anyone's either updated it properly or someone's playing a little joke. <laughs> but before he went to Berwick Rangers, he had a one-game trial where he also scored at a team called Burnt Island Shipyard, which <laughs> I love this name. So I tried to do a bit more digging. Uh, what, all I could find out from them is that they take part in something called the Fife Cup, which is a regional cup competition, obviously based in the Fife area. Uh, only eight teams take part, and Burnt Island Shipyard finally won it in uh, the, the 2017-18 season, winning the final 4-0 against Cowden Beth. Um, but I just love that. I, I've never burnt island shipyard, and it's got like a little proper uh, like pirate boat, as it were, on the flag on, on the on the crest. I love it. That's a great name. It, it's my it, that it's close to my favourite ever football name, which um, I I was familiar with when I played. I'm sure it was it must have been tense for world of soccer. Um, Border security, um, who were in, 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 in I don't know if Border security. Yeah, border security force, and they're an Indian Indian football club. Um, but yeah, I'd also saw Colin played up until forty three for Lockheed Welfare. I've got written down here as well. So <laughs> yeah, I think he sort of yeah stayed along the um the I don't know if you call it the Highlands or the lower regions of, of Scottish football for for Dockers and for different <laughs> professions. I think now that we officially have a second team, at least Burnt Island Shipyard. I wonder what they're... Come on the burnts? I don't know. Come on the chips? <laughs> I, I, I suppose I've, what I've got to say, before I forget, because afterwards I'll be like, oh, bloody, I didn't mention that. That was probably far um, away from his time when he lined up against Zinedine Zidane. Because so, I was thinking about okay. this earlier, and I, and I thought, I wonder if Zinedine Zidane swapped shirts with Colin Cameron, <laughs> and he's got a Colin Cameron shirt in his uh, in his home, but... You know, he's had a hell of a career when where, you think he's when, come up against. What was that then? How was it? Was that internationally? Or? Yeah, so that yeah, that was that Obviously, was uh, Scotland, France. Yeah, he, they lost five nil, and, and Cameron did the, the famous quote because I say it's famous because I've heard this from anybody who describes themselves saying uh, playing against another footballer to say. Oh, the closest I, I can't do a Scottish accent, obviously. <laughs> um, the closest, the closest I got to him was in the tunnel, which which I've heard like a million times. But I was like, yeah, uh, Colin Cameron against Zinedine Zidane in a yeah. I, I think it's true, so it must have been a friendly, but um, so yeah, hell of a career. Uh, at the moment, uh, Colin Cameron is the assistant manager at. I'm going to try and pronounce this. Airdronians. Is that right? Airdronians in there. Stu's giving me the official nod. That's good enough, son. That's good <laughs> enough in a, in Scottish League One. Before we get to the, the final question I've got on this show, Jen, do you have any other memories or anecdotes or factoids that you may have found out about uh, or personal memories about Colin Cameron at all? I mean, for, for me, um, similar to Stu, I was, a, I was a massive fan of Cameron. I've got, I don't know what it was about him. I, I like players of that ilk, you know, before that. A big favourite of mine was playing Neil Emblem. You know, I like these sort of, you know, hard-working players in the centre midfield. And um, I remember after the, the, the Cardiff game, when I went to the, the players' house, Helen Cameron was there with his family. And I balled out of talking to him, to be honest. I, I, I was keen to go over, but it was one of those moments where I thought, he's won the game, 
he seems quite a private person. He's with his family. He's got his daughter there and his wife. And I didn't go over to him. So I did the kind of circle around the table a couple of times. And then it came a bit obvious. <laughs> and I realised that he could probably take his drink and didn't need to go for a piss like I do every five minutes. Because there was not even that opportune moment where we were both sort of accidentally meeting to kind of walk to the corridor and have a chat there. So... Yeah, I, I don't regret it, but yeah, I would have liked to have spoke to him at the time and said, you know, thank you, because I think he, he's a name that, um, you know, if you look back at that season, the influence he had um, is, is fantastic and probably isn't as high profile as, as some of the other players who probably weren't as effective, but perhaps get that more recognition than he does. You don't regret it, but it keeps you up at night. Well, I'm talking about it now. So that, you know, <laughs> yeah. If I'm on a psychology couch here with you, Dave, then yeah, yeah maybe it's still in there somewhere bugging at me. Well, but just... hopefully, hopefully this rectifies it, maybe. But it just so happens on the line, we've got Callum Cameron. Callum Cameron. <laughs> uh, Stu, how about you? Any kind of personal memories or factoids or anecdotes of uh, uh, Mr. CC? Um, there was a few that he could actually take a corner properly, which. It was kind of like a miracle at that time because we, we'd had, apart from Simon Osborne years and years before, everyone else had took corners. It was just, we either took it short and it just went out or we took it normally and it went out or it just failed to hit, hit anyone at all. And he was a, one of the first players in a long time where it could actually take a decent corner. And it, he had a, a, for someone so small as well, I thought he was about five, five, seven, five, eight, something like that. He didn't seem very tall. Um, but neither was Alex Ray. So, it, I mean, for me, well, whenever he was on the bench and Ray was playing, I was quite angry. <laughs> Which, when you look at the Premier League, and it was pretty much the other way around. I, I bet you, if you um, speak to uh, Joe Martino, he'll say he bases his corners on uh, the technique of Colin Cameron. He studied the the various uh, YouTube videos that uploaded the season review DVD. <laughs> we all know he has. <laughs> but now I, I just again, like Hoop said about Neil Andrew, is that kind of Kind of like the underdog, where he doesn't get the limelight. He doesn't care that he, he he don't get the limelight, but he's one of them people who's never going to let you down. For he's got quality as well. Now, so and the whole shirt thing. I mean, that was when you had to pay by the number as well. And to have two number twenty one, that, that was two numbers at the time when I was a student. So paying that extra, it meant a lot. Um, there was a point where, at this point, I was going to try and make a game called Cameron or Cameron where I got quotes of both Colin Cameron and former Prime Minister David Cameron, for you to guess, but then I realised there was no quotes from Colin Cameron, so I thought that was a pointless segment. So we move swiftly on, <laughs> away from that. So the final bit, gents. Um, Roy mentioned it earlier, we have had a few Scottish players uh, at the club, especially since the, the, the noughties. Uh, people like Kevin McDonald, Berra, uh, Lee Griffiths, Stephen Fletcher, Chris Uluwemo, uh, Alex Ray as well. Where does Colin Cameron rank in terms of the Scottish players we have had at Molyneux, in your eyes? Well, I'd well, say he's probably second to me for someone you just completely missed off that list of Jackie McNamara. Yeah. Who was, just just a list was, of you, Stu. <laughs> <laughs> Again, who, had, who I bought the shirt off, funnily enough. Um, but McNamara was on all round, and he was at his peak as well. He was he was a superb player for us, um, just at the wrong time. Um, but Cameron, Cameron and McNamara, absolutely. <laughs> there's no competition between them two and the rest. They were just superb. 
Roy Habier, where does he where does he rank with their Scottish imports? Do you know what? He's, he's, he's got to be at the top there for me. When you think of you know the number of games he's played, the number of seasons, some of those those players that we mentioned. I mean, Kevin McDonald, a very good footballer, and you know, I, I love to watch him play in terms of how he seems to have so much time on the ball. Um, but he was with us for you know a relatively short time and a different time in our in our history. So um, yeah, I mean. I, I can't speak for you know your Andy Grays and your Frank Monroe, for example, for, for older listeners who will probably argue that point. But in terms of who I've seen, uh, then yeah, um, favourite and, and I would say probably most influential uh, Scottish player that I've seen. And I think we're all in agreement that we, from this moment onwards, are campaigning for the name Colin Jimenez, aren't we? <laughs> it's it's got to be. Hashtag Colin Jimenez. Hashtag Colin Jimenez. I think they'll do a big reveal of the name and maybe they'll do it extravagant like they've done with the others. So maybe at the Molyneux they'll have one of those sort of, I don't know, large party poppers and maybe his shirt pops out <laughs> with his name, Colin, on, I don't know. <laughs> oh, everyone, we've got to get that trendy now. Colin Jimenez, hashtag Colin Jimenez. Uh, right, that's where we'll leave it, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We, you can listen to all, our, all the Alternative Hall of Fame episodes, wherever you get your podcasts from, and you can follow us on social media. Just type in Wolves Fancast, and you will find us there. Uh, but for this episode, gentlemen, hope you're doing well in lockdown. Uh, keep safe. And, Stu, make sure you get those 50 shades of grey, red. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not going to read it, ever. I'm, they're staying there. For, they're staying there as decoration. They're not being read. I'll, I'll watch the third film and just get it over and done with it. I, th- I think it's a cover. I think there's actually something else under that book. It's just got the sleeve. And then it's actually I don't know. The season review, isn't it? Season <laughs> review DVDs. <laughs> it's no, no, it's the, the old V8. It's the old VHSs. There's a Luigi and Mario. I think it's on this bookcase as well. So <laughs> no, no stone unturned at the weavings. <laughs> right, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much, everybody. Thanks for listening. It takes years to build a business that sustains a family and is worth passing on. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work closely with clients to provide the financing, cash management, and deposit products necessary to grow a business. So your life's work will continue to prosper once it's in someone else's hands. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your business. Visit sandyspringbank.com business. Credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank.